Welcome to episode 64 of Land the Plane Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Land the Plane Podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm Jonathan. And we are back in the studio, ready to uh, wrap up the series we've been working on, Jonathan. We are. Tonight's the night. <clears throat> Wrapping it. Over. Wrapping it. We should try to wrap the whole story. Mm, yeah. Uh, we've done some wrapping uh, before on the show. Uh, uh, <laughs> it went good. All right, that's about all that. <laughs> I didn't drop any I am mad lyrics. Mad lyrics. Oh. That's some mad beats. You only start some mad beats and you drop some mad lyrics? No. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Don't freestyle. <laughs> Did like you ever see anybody freestyling like right in front of you so you knew it was real? Oh, like it? right in front of me? Yeah. Uh, no, not anybody that would like, be I impressed saw, with. I saw Andy Minio at, down at OBU okay. for a, a concert. And he came out and started, you know, he was doing his thing anyway. And, and one of them, he started kind of freestyling. And he told people, pull something out of your pockets. And just hold it up in the air, or you know, or what you know, stuff like that. And he just started going and was freestyling with with things that he was just seeing in the audience, and it was insane. That, it was crazy, yeah. and it, it like it had to do with OBU, so you know, it wasn't just you know he's got this thing memorized and it's like right. oh a phone, you know. No, it was. It's like he has a collection of phone wraps. Yeah, you <laughs> he know, just keeps his keeps his back pocket ready to go. Yeah, it was crazy. I was I was so impressed with that. Yeah, like I consider myself like I have maybe a good wit. Like I can come up with stuff on the fly pretty quick. Yeah, humor. But to yeah. but to rap, you should be funny on the show one day. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for another episode of the Plain Podcast. Jonathan's gonna be busy. <laughs> No, yeah, I should. Um, no, but yeah, just to think that you have to not only be like witty and come up with stuff, then do it in that kind of speed and that kind of and it rhymes musical performance. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, that's not my thing. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I've seen um, interviews and stuff with like Eminem, and he can. Just, and I know there's a lot of people that can do it, but. It just that's fascinates me, and I have no idea why we're talking about it, but it does. You know, you just know your know your know your limits. Yeah, you know, I definitely know mine. A rap battle, probably not where no. I'm going to excel. No, no, no. There's some things I think I can maybe finish in the top, you know, three or four, in a friendly contest among my local peers. Yeah, rap battle? No, no, me, no. <laughs> not going to. Not so, going to so, do it. Wouldn't be prudent. <sighs> I got a um, another great testimony from a Land the Plane podcast listener, Jonathan. Boom. What? I haven't told yeah. you about this yet. You haven't. You know, we were talking about what are we going to discuss before the show. Yeah. And I want to keep this a secret because Ooh. I want you to be surprised by it. But another great testimony from a listener. So on in the mornings before school, like we always have like a morning devotion with the family. I've talked about it before. We always don't. We don't always pick scripture and read scripture. Sometimes we'll, like this morning, we might read a current headline or something like that. We'll go right. find a new story, talk about how it affects life, what God's role in that is, or what could be, or what God's wanting to do with it. Stuff like that. Yeah. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're positive stories. Sometimes they're negative stories. So we, uh, we're we reading one this morning and talking about it as a family. And uh, I won't tell the whole story. I'll tell a condensed version. But basically... It was um, some people, and they were flying home from the Bahamas. They had been down there on like a fishing trip or something. Several different people, smaller plane. They were flying home. Pilot, boom, gets a tear in his aorta. Ooh. And just passes out. Yeah. Dude comes up to the cockpit's like, I got to take over the plane. And so he takes over the plane, and he's flying it, and he ends up landing the plane. 
Wow. Another satisfied listener, John. Bam. He heard. I'm sure he had our podcast pod- on the I'm whole sure, time. I'm sure he was like, I need like, to know how to land the plane. Yeah, so if he those searched. guys can do it, I can land the plane. Yeah, he searched. Yeah. We were the first thing that popped up. It was, he gave God a lot of credit. Yeah. Um, even the pilot who had a tear in his aorta, which normally kills you, survived it, man. Wow. They got him back. Land the plane. Man. I feel good. <laughs> feel like you've done something now, don't you? I feel accomplished. I mean, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. There's no other possible explanation. None whatsoever. He was in a panic no. situation. And if said, you don't believe us, just go on to Google. Google Play or like Google Play, a podcast um, client like Apple Podcasts or Podbean. Spotify. Spotify. And yeah. type in Land the Plane. Especially if you type in Land the Plane podcast and see who comes up. I mean, and where are you going to go for information before a podcast? Like, you're not, if you really need to land a plane, you're not going to YouTube that. No. What, what's a video hey, going to do? You can't be gonna, watching that while you're dist- trying to fly. It's going to distract you. Yeah. You're going to you know, have time. Yeah. You're going to pull up a podcast. Yeah. And listen to the smooth vocals of. <laughs> <laughs> Double D and JB helping <laughs> land the plane. Land the plane, man. So, oh, man. Um, congratulations, Jonathan. Yeah, you, you helped, too. You helped save a life. I, I feel... I feel. Everybody on the plane survived. Accomplished. It's a true story. Yeah. Now, he flew the plane. He got landed. Yeah. It didn't specifically say in there that he tuned into an episode, but, I mean, just makes sense. Yeah. It just makes I sense. love it. All right. Sounds good, man. <laughs> All right. So, another satisfied listener. Saying that, though, we had a, a pretty special last couple of weeks in each of our household. If y'all don't know, it's May that we're recording this. It's still May, right? Yeah. May of 2022 for whatever. If you're listening to this in the year 2055, I don't know when you're listening, but in the year 2022, my son, Lucas, he graduated high school this month, and your daughter. Are you, do you want to say your name? You, you can make me know. Maddie, yeah. You can make me know. Okay, go, go, go ahead. ahead. Okay. No, I did. My, my son, Lucas, graduated high school. Yeah. My daughter, Maddie, graduated from uh, college. Look at that. Boom. Boom, y'all. Now she's going to go on to more college. Super proud of them. Help us all. My son's weighing some options. He's got uh, some uh, scholarship opportunities he's got to go to school, but he's also looking at some internships. So super proud of those two for... Uh, Find a big success this week, you know? Yeah, he was telling me about the uh, possible internship stuff. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I hope it works out. Shoot, yeah. That'd be awesome. So, um, it's kind of bittersweet, If he gets that one he's talking about, I want to come visit him. Me too. (laughs) Me too. Isn't that the purpose of having kids is so you can plan them across the world for vacations? Well, yeah. I mean... I've got one that wants to be a lawyer (laughs) and one that wants to be a doctor. I'm hoping that I can... Free legal service. Retire on them. (laughs) Plus free legal service when you need it. And... Free medical service? You're okay with your child operating on you? No. Wow. No. Jonathan, if you don't she's believe... Not gonna be a, she's not going to be a surgeon. Oh, it's like, if you don't believe in your children, who will? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got to be willing to go under the knife. For practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For practice. All right, well, we should probably get going, because, you know, some of, the, some of the people that don't like our banter at the very beginning, like... You know... Yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I was gonna say something smart. I look to them, but I'll uh, be nice. To yeah, them. no, they're they're probably they're probably right. They've already tuned out and skipped ahead, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. So we're gonna be wrapping up Joseph today. Let's wrap it. Let's go. All right, you're Take, starting, right? I'm starting. Yeah, I'm starting. I'll recap. Okay, you recap. So where we left Joseph was um, basically he had just <laughs> sorry, I just. Uh, Watched some physical abuse from Jonathan and his teenage son, so a little bit distracting there, but y'all know how it is. So, um, we just left the last time we talked about the story was basically um, Joseph interpreting Pharaoh's dreams, mm-hmm. looking at oh gosh, I forget what all they were. There was some corn, cows, and corn, cows, and corn. That's right, <laughs> cows and corn. And uh, basically, looking towards there's going to be seven good years, then seven bad years, mm-hmm. uh, and refer to a drought. And there's not going to be crops and stuff. And so um, 
Joseph interprets these dreams for Pharaoh's, and then Pharaoh turns around because of Joseph's obedience and everything, and um, telling him this, preparing him, he actually ends up putting Joseph in charge of the whole thing, making sure they're prepared for when these seven years come. And what's the position he puts him in? What's the official name? I don't know if they ever really uh, say it. Second official in name. command, basically. Yeah, it's pretty high up there. And basically saying, you're going to prepare this land. So when we go through this drought and this famine that you're going to, we're going to have the crops and stuff that we need to, to be okay. And this was shared to Pharaoh through dreams that God showed him. And then Joseph interpreted them so they would be an understanding. So God put Joseph in this place to be able to do this. And, yep. so, and now, we talked about how the, that all helped Joseph start at least, or, or was a partial answer, I think, in him getting out of the pit. We talked about a lot last week about how uh, felt like he was still in the pit, and that uh, it, you really need to go back and listen to that one if you've not listened to it. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to these, and you know if you just found us or whatever, and you'd listen to this first one, go back listen to the the one right before this one at least, because um, we talked about how Joseph that pit. Um, I think it kind of harkened back all the way to his brothers throwing him in the pit. Even though his pit's kind of changed, um, he still didn't get out of that pit. And we talked about how the answer to his question of why was was a, a big step, I think, in getting out of that pit um, because he started realizing, you know, okay, I'm here for a reason. All right, God's got a plan. I'm part of this plan cool, let's move on, you know, and I think it helped him get out of the pit. But I think the second and maybe even the bigger aspect of him getting out of that pit um, comes in what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, which basically leads to the point, I'm going to let you take over, um, is we're pretty much, we've gotten to the point where we don't spend a lot of time in Scripture on the seven good years. Right, yeah. Of, of them preparing. Yeah, no. We, but we do know that Joseph did what he was supposed to do, mm-hmm. that he led the people and he made these preparations for when it comes time. And it wasn't even just for Egypt. It was almost even for like surrounding areas, like a bigger picture type of thing because of how much trouble there was going to be. So we've gone through at least seven years of preparing and getting right to the right place so that when they go through these seven bad years, then... You know, they're prepared. So that's kind of where the story picks up. And we're in Genesis 42, where the story picks up. And um, we're to that point where the the, the, the drought's in full effect. The, the hunger's starting to get people running out of food. And so they're starting to make arrangements of how to get, um, get food for themselves. Get food, yeah. yeah so. All right, so we will pick up right there, uh, which, which basically lands us in chapter 42 of Genesis. And uh, I, I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's, I mean, we're going to cover like four four or five chapters tonight yep. really fast. Uh, but I do want to read. There's a few things that I will read. One of them is right here at the beginning of 42. It says, when Jacob heard that grain was available in Egypt, he said to his sons, I love this is such a dad thing. He says, why are you standing around looking at one another? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard there's grain in Egypt. Go down there and buy enough grain to keep us alive. Otherwise, we'll die. So, um, it's kind of, you know, all right, Dad. Okay, let's go. Yeah, they're probably, um, probably having a little bit of a pity party, like looking around. Yeah. What are we going to do? We're going to die? And he's like, guys. Why don't we go to where there's grain? You know, and they weren't like kids. I mean, mm-hmm. they, you know, they were, they were, anyway. So, but yeah, such a dad thing. Um, so they went, but only 10 of them went. Benjamin did not go with them. Uh, Benjamin, if you recall, is Joseph's younger brother, uh, born to the same mom as Joseph. And so, especially since Joseph died, uh, Benjamin was the crown jewel for his daddy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he would not, uh, his dad wouldn't allow him to go down there. Do you think this is like the first time he sent his all his kids to do one thing again? <laughs> because we go back to the first story and he sent them, and then Joseph didn't come home. Yeah. And now it's like, yeah, send him out. I'm gonna send him, but like, I don't know about sending Benjamin yeah. with y'all again. I really, I kind of think, 
I don't know. I kind of think that he he knew something was going on, mm-hmm. like because you you and I are both dads. We yeah. know when our kids are lying to us. Sure. We know when our kids are are hiding something, you know, and especially something this big. I, I think he had unanswered questions about Joseph. They came up with a lie, but I don't know. There's anyway. always some doubt creeping in there, probably. Yeah, I think so. But uh, anyway, we see that they did go down to jo- they they went down to Egypt, uh, and when they they arrived in Egypt, uh, it's, it boom they bowed before Joseph with their faces to the ground. Dream came true, um, and so they arrived ba- uh, faces to the ground. And it says Joseph recognized his brothers instantly, but he pretended to be a stranger and spoke harshly to them. Um, and so he basically starts interrogating them. And I think part of this was maybe to have, I mean, I think there was a little part of it where he was having maybe a little fun with it, you know, mm-hmm. just because he could. Um, I, I swear, I think when they bowed down to him, he had to crack a smile. I mean, don't you think? I mean, I, I definitely told would you have. So. You know, I mean, yeah, I think so. I probably did like one of the little dances. <laughs> yeah, with their faces to the ground. They couldn't see like, me. Mm-hmm, dabbed or something. All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anyway, he starts interrogating them, and um, and so he's like, "Hey, you're spies. You've come down here to see how how vulnerable the land is, and they they refused, and all those kind of things." Um, and he says, he basically starts grilling them. Like, are you all, or do you have other brothers? Do you have a dad? Do you have a, so who's, he was trying to get information that he wanted, but also seeing what, you know, what they would say. And when they mentioned that they had a brother and that their dad was still living, uh, he basically says, okay, to prove to me that you're not spies, you'll go home and get your brother. And so they were like, uh, no, can't do that. Dad's not going to let us do that. And he was like, okay, you're all spies. Throw them in jail. And so he threw them all in jail for three days, which I think is kind of hilarious. But um, threw them in jail. Then after three days, he went and was like, hey, I'm, this is, you know, I'm a God-fearing man. I'm, I'm going to do what's right. And so all of you except for one can go back to your to your dad, but you're not <clears throat> like you're not coming back here. You won't be able to come back unless you bring your brother. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to keep one of you in jail until you come back and bring your brother. Uh, so they agreed to that. Simeon stayed behind in jail. Um, I'm not sure how that one. He just drew the short straw. But uh, anyway, so they buy grain. And he fills their sacks full of grain, all that kind of thing. But then he tells his his steward to put their money back in their sacks. Okay? And so they leave the money's back in their sacks. They have all their stuff. And uh, it says in verse 27, But when they stopped for the night, and one of them opened his sack to get grain for his donkey, he found his money in the top of his sack. Look, he exclaimed to his brothers, my money has been returned. It's here in my sack. In, in my sack. Then their hearts sank. Well, why, why, why do you think their hearts sank? Because they just stole from Egypt. <laughs> or it, it was that impression that they just took from Pharaoh. And Yeah. Even though he knew, like he knew he gave them the money. Like Yeah. He acknowledges I mean, like somebody else said, yeah. put it in there, but... That doesn't mean you're not guilty in the eyes of your... Yeah, something's up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's funny what they immediately jump to. It says, Then their hearts sank, trembling, they said to each other, What has God done to us? What made them... Like, if something like that happens, and you immediately are fearful and say, This is God doing something to us, what what causes that? I'm looking for a one word answer. Guilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I mean they're sitting there and they know, they know they've done wrong. Yeah. I mean it's been a number of years, like a long time since. Twenty years. Yeah, they left Joseph in that pit. Yeah. The, the it, actual. It pit. took him thirteen years in 
Mm-hmm. You know, 13 years. We talked about that last time. And then this is seven years after that because the famine was for seven years. Yeah. So it was at least 20 years, yeah. maybe even a little bit more than that. And they're still living with that. So here's a point where something's, something's up. Yeah. And it must be God's anger. Yeah. How many times over that 20-year span do you think they looked at each other and were like, this is because of what we did to Joseph? I imagine it's got to be a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because, you know, I think some people are harder on themselves than others, obviously, in the world. But some people are very, very passionate about beating themselves up. Like, oh, I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Like, I screwed up again. This is because of what I did. Yeah. Just living with that constantly. And it's exhausting. And it can be just Yeah. Especially if you, you know? like, if you really are. I mean, I've, I, there's been, I know this is hard to believe. Okay. Uh, confession time right uh-huh. here on land the plane, but I've done some wrong things before. <sighs> I know, I know. Somebody just drove their car off the road. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody just fell <laughs> face down on the treadmill. Man, um, they just turned it off. <laughs> but there is, you know, levels of guilt, and I mean, for I've been eaten alive sometimes you know, over my guilt about things. But man, I never, like I never sold my brother into slavery. Right, yeah. I never basically had my brother killed, you know, I mean, because they didn't know. Well, even up there, they tell, they tell Joseph there's, there was 12 sons. Yeah. And one of them didn't come and the others no more. No more. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, that's some pretty heavy guilt because of the, the heaviness, the severity of their crime, yeah. you know? And so I, I, I you got to know they've had guilt for so long about this. Um, so anyway, they immediately, they immediately go back to that. Um, so they keep on going back to Jacob, their dad, and they told him everything that happened. Uh, it says, it says, the man who's the governor of the land spoke very harshly to us. <laughs> It's just funny. Um, But uh, we said we're honest men, not spies. We have 12 brothers or 12 sons of one father, et cetera, et cetera. And he says, basically told him the whole story and was like, hey, we can't go back unless we take Benjamin with us. And, of course, Jacob was distraught about this. Um, And he, you know, he's very... Well, very distraught about that. And he says, um, my son will not go down with you. His brother Joseph is dead, and he is all I have left. If anything should happen to him on your journey, you would send this grieving white-haired man to his grave. And so he just refuses to allow Benjamin to go back. Deuce think it's um, like one thing that Reuben does here. Reuben says to his father, you may kill my two sons, if I don't bring Benjamin back to you, I'll be responsible for him and I'll bring him, I promise to bring him back. So remember that little tidbit. Yeah, it's important. Yeah. Um, but the famine continued and finally Judah said, um, or Jacob said, hey, you like, you got to go back and buy us more grain. And Judah was like, that, we can't. We can't go back unless we take Benjamin. And so finally, um, Jacob basically says, fine. Take Benjamin, either will die here from the famine or, you know, he'll go down there and die and then I'll die anyway. Um, he, Jacob was having a pretty woe is me moment, you know. Can we acknowledge something real quick that I think is kind of interesting? Is yeah. When they came back and said, you know, Simeon's there, if we can't go back without Benjamin, and they... <laughs> They waited. They don't make like immediate plans to go get <laughs> to him. Go it's like, okay, well, I can't send you back because now Joseph's gone, Simeon's yeah. gone. Like he kind of writes him off a little yeah. bit. Like he's like, because I'm not sending Benjamin. I'm not, I'm not sending Benjamin because of possible trouble. Yeah. Even though, even though Simeon is rotting in jail right now. <laughs> so then the famine got worse, and they have eaten up all the grain that they got from their first trip to Egypt. And so now they're hungry again. Like the need for food and survival has now come upon them. It's like, 
okay, I guess you can go back to Egypt and take Benjamin. Yeah. And I guess get your brother Simeon if he's still there. <laughs> it just, you know, I just can't help but feel bad for Simeon a little bit. <laughs> of course, you know, at least he was eaten, I guess, back in Egypt. But uh, they didn't make it a big priority. Let's just put it that way. Yep. And then we find in, in verse 8, Judah says to his father, Send the boy with me, and we'll be on our way. Uh, it, otherwise, we will all die of starvation, not only uh, we, but you and our little ones. I personally guarantee his safety. You may hold me responsible if I don't bring him back to you. Then let me blame, uh, let me bear the blame forever. If we hadn't wasted all this time, we could have gone and returned twice now. So there's a kind so, of a time frame. But yeah. Could have made the trip twice. <laughs> could have made the trip twice. So... Remember that little tidbit too. So anyway, they go back. They go back to Egypt with Benjamin, and they go back and see. Um, they see Joseph. They get there and <clears throat> basically um, reunite with everybody. And Joseph brings them in and and like you know, hey, come for dinner. You know, it's like, hey, we're setting a place for dinner. I mean, you gotta know they were freaking out, right? Yeah. I mean, they've held this dude kept Simeon all this time, and now we come back and we bring. They brought all the gold, the silver that was in their bags. They brought it all back, and along with you know spices and other things that they had, that they kind of gifts, trying to butter him up a little bit. Mm. But then he invites them to dinner. Yeah, because it says they brought the money for the last yeah. and the new one, just in yeah, case. Just like in They're case. like, you took it from us. We could maybe make amends. I think that's interesting. Yep. Um, and they tell him, you know, we discovered that each man's money was in, you know, in the top of our sack. Here it is. We brought it back. Um, and so um, they, they bring him into dinner. It says, uh, Joseph told each of his brothers where to sit. And to their amazement, he seated them according to the age from oldest to youngest. And Joseph filled their plates with food from, from his own table, giving Benjamin five times as much as he gave the others. So they feasted and drank freely with him. So he gave Benjamin a lot more food than he did his brothers. Why do you think he did that? It's a great question. <laughs> So, let me go from the angle of what do I think that means? <laughs> well, I mean, it was his brother from the same mother. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't freestyle, Jonathan. It's the brother from the same mother. <laughs> and now them, going down the for other dinner. ones were brothers from another mother. But, yeah, yes. Going down for dinner and trying not to be thinner. Look, psh, mm. I got this. No, so, I mean, I think part of it had to do with his... Because, I mean, he was, why would he give five times more? And just, uh, what was the brother's issue with Joseph? He was the favorite. He was the favorite, which made them very jealous. Jealous. Do you think he was getting their jealousy worked up again? Yep. Using I think his... he was testing them. I think he was intentionally favoring Benjamin, knowing that his dad has been favoring Benjamin, obviously. Obviously, since so he didn't send yeah. him. Yeah. You know. So, obviously favored. And so, I think he was trying to provoke them a little bit and provoke that same jealousy in them that was in them when they, they sold him into Egypt. Because I think this whole thing is what we're saying. It's, it's trying to figure out, can I trust them? You know, are they trustworthy? Have they changed? Have they changed? Yeah, are they the same people? Yeah. And so um, they do that, uh, have dinner, all those kind of things. And then Joseph tells his, his the palace manager, fill each of their sacks with as much grain as they can carry and put each man's money back into his sack again. Then put my personal silver cup at the top of the youngest brother's sack along with the money for his grain. So the manager did as Joseph instructed him. So the brothers were up at dawn, sent back on their journey with their loaded donkeys. But when they had gone only a short distance and were barely out of the city, 
Joseph said to his palace manager, chase after them and stop them. When you catch up with them, ask them, why have you repaid my kindness with such evil? Why have you stolen my master's silver cup, which he uses to predict the future? What a wicked thing you have done. So he puts all their grain in, puts their money in again, but then in Benjamin's puts his silver cup. Sends him on his way, sends out the manager, they go out and they, he, the manager arrives there and is like, hey, why would you do something evil for, like this? My master has been nice to you and all those kind of things. And uh, they basically say, hey, what are you, what are you talking about? We, um, we're, we would never do such a thing. Didn't we even return the money that, you know, that was in our bags the first time? And so they open up their sacks and it's like, hey, listen, if anybody, if any of us... Um, has taken that cup, then whoever did it, uh, what is it? Whoever did it will die. It says, and then, yeah, whoever is found with shall die. And the rest of us will be your slaves. Yeah. Like, hey, ain't that, you know, this is not happening. And that's fair, the man replied, but only the one who has stolen the cup will be my slave and the rest of you may go free. So they quickly took their sacks from the back of their donkeys, opened them. The palace manager searched the brothers' sacks from the oldest to the youngest, and the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. When the brothers saw this, they tore their clothing in despair. (laughs) Then they loaded their donkeys again and returned to the city. Can you imagine? Yeah, assuming they got Simeon back, it doesn't specifically say, but... We're yeah. going with the idea yes. that it does. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, so feeling good about it. We got our grain, had a good dinner with this guy. Yeah. We're getting Benjamin back to dad. Woo-hoo. We did what we said Let's we're going to do. Uh, what one, uh, was it Reuben who said his two kids? I'll give you my two kids if we don't bring him back. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Judah mm-hmm. said, you, you can have He's, me. Yeah. I'll personally bear the responsibility. So that had to be real heartbreaking when they opened that bag and saw that cup and Benjamin yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, they get back. Joseph was still in his palace when Judah and his brothers arrived, and they fell to the ground before him. <laughs> anyway. Um, what have you done? Joseph demanded. Don't you know that a man like me can predict the future? And Judah answered, Oh, my Lord, what can we say to you? How can we explain this? How can we prove our innocence? And now the kicker. God is punishing us for our sins. My Lord, we have all returned to be your slaves, all of us, not just our brother who had who had your cup in his sack. Which, you know, kind of a big deal there, mm-hmm. right? Because where Joseph was concerned, what had they done? When they were jealous about Joseph, they They ditched him, him, right? Mm -hmm. Which, in this instance, the way Joseph set this up with the the silver cup being in Benjamin's sack and them saying, only that one will return as my slave. Their out could have been, hey, Dad, you know, Benjamin stole a cup and they kept him. Yeah, this, know, wasn't, was, this wasn't this was us doing us. anything. We didn't do yeah. anything. And they would have been truthful in that. We didn't do anything. But instead of letting Benjamin take the heat, take the fall, they all went back and was like, hey, we'll all be your slaves. Um, no, Joseph said, I would never do such a thing. Only the man who stole the cup will be my slave. The rest of you may go back to your father in peace. And then it says, Judah stepped forward and said, Please, my Lord, let your servant say just one word to you. Please do not be angry with me, even though you were as powerful as Pharaoh himself. Um, and he kind of he kind of reiterates what what you know your son, the my dad, youngest son, all those kind of things. Big deal. Um, you're the one that wanted him to return. All those kind of things. <clears throat> but but Judah ends up saying. Uh, now, my Lord, I cannot go back to my father without the boy. Our father's life is bound up in the boy's life. If he sees that the boy is not with us, our father will die. We, your servants, will indeed be responsible for sending that grieving white-haired man to his grave. My Lord, I guarantee to my father that I will take care of the boy. I told him if I don't bring him back, I'll bear the blame forever. So please, my Lord, 
let me stay here as a slave instead of the boy, and let the boy return with his brothers. For how can I return to my father if the boy is not with me? I couldn't bear to see the anguish this would cause my father. All right, so what did Judah just do? The exact opposite of what they did before. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He basically, I mean, he just pleaded with him like, you know, this is, if we leave him here, because we've made this mistake before, we left. I mean, he didn't say that specifically. But if we leave him here, our father's dead. Like, the guilt, the the pain is going to be too much. He's already lost one son. You know, Benjamin's lost his brother because they came from the same mother and stuff. And it's just over. If if we go back, we can't go back without him. Like, they're just refusing. Whereas before, they voluntarily left him there. Like, they put him there. It was like, ha-ha. Now they're... We can't do this to Father again. Like yeah. we, we know what we did was wrong. We know we screwed up. We can't do it again. Yeah, and even even started it with God is punishing us. Mm-hmm. You know, so still still had that guilt. Um, and this was kind of the final straw for Joseph, um, seeing that hey, my brothers have changed. They actually care about somebody else instead of themselves. Even if it wasn't Benjamin, you know, we don't. I mean, Judah flatly said, this is for my dad more than Benjamin. Well, because, I mean, all they really knew is that Benjamin did take the cup. I mean, I guess. Uh, Maybe not. I would say they they were like, holy cow, what is going on? Because all their money was on all their sacks. Yeah, that's true. So they knew something was up. It's like, yeah, (laughs) we're going to stop coming to Egypt. (laughs) Um, But, uh, uh, yeah, I think it was the final point at which at which Joseph was like, okay, yes, they have changed. And said Joseph could stand it no longer. <clears throat> it's the beginning of chapter 45. There were many people in the room, and he said to his attendants, out all of you. So he was alone with his brothers when he told them who he was. Then he broke down and wept. He wept so loudly the Egyptians could hear him. And the word quick, uh, and word of it quickly carried to Joseph, to Pharaoh's palace. Man alive, I cannot read. I am Joseph, he said to his brothers. Is my father still alive? But his brothers were speechless. They were stunned to realize that Joseph was standing there in front of him, uh, in front of them. Please come closer, he said. So they came closer, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me. Here's the why. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years. Okay, so two years. Um, past the seven, will, so. Past the seven. Yeah, for, so, and the yeah. nine years into that. So. Uh, will last five more years, and there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to prov- preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the he is the one who made me advisor to Pharaoh. Um, so he says all of this, and he tells him, "Go back to you know, go back, get your father, all those kind of things." Um, so in saying this, he he is basically saying, "I'm forgiving you," because otherwise he could have. I mean, man alive, he could have thrown all of them in jail. Oh yeah. And, I mean, he could have said, "I'm Joseph, the one you wronged." All of you all are going to jail, except Benjamin, and I'm going to go get Dad. Mm-hmm. You know, he could have done all any of that, you know, and they would not have had any way to defend themselves against it. You know, I mean, Joseph could have had them all killed instantly. Doesn't you know? But we see that he didn't. He forgave them, um, and we we kind of see, um, it, it just in some stuff going back and forth, even into the next chapter, they still like had a hard time believing that he actually would forgive them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he did, he forgave them. And I think this is, is what finally gets him out of the pit, you yeah. know, like completely out of the pit. So why, why do you think that the forgiving his brothers, why do you think that, is finally what gets him completely out of the pit. Well, you know, because we we got to go back to the beginning of the story, too, because 
I know we're, what we're talking about right now is this like spiritual mental pit, you know, where it's, it's always in his heart. Yeah. He's living with it every day, but we got to go back to the point where he actually did get thrown in the pit. I mean, that's where this began is that symbolic of him being thrown into the pit. And although he came out of it physically, mm-hmm. some of him was still left there. Like he never could let that go. And that's what carried with him now for 22 years. And you think about 22 years of resentment, um, hurt, um, not even being able to talk and to face the people that hurt you so bad, especially ones that were your family that you spent all this time with growing up, you know, and all these things. And then you're in that situation. You've been in that pit, that, that especially that spiritual pit for so long that you've never, even if you wanted to, even if you wanted to reach out to your brothers and fix this thing, he hasn't been able to. Yeah. That opportunity has not been there for him. So he's carried this for like 22 years. Mm-hmm. It's always been there. And it's going to, you can imagine, it's going to create bitterness. It's going to create um, anger at times. It's going to create, um, I mean, just all kinds of emotions that's going to run through you. And then mm-hmm. to be able to face those people again, after 22 years, seeing them again and realizing how much you've changed, the journey you've been on, plus that now that you see, you honestly see that the that the way they treated you is now so different the way they're treating Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Like, no, we are not leaving him. Like, period. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And we either all stay or we all go. And to see that, I mean, it's just got to been that moment of they've changed. Yeah. I've changed. And also acknowledging that role of God's been in this thing the entire time. He's with me when I got thrown in that pit, and he's with me when I'm finally, completely, fully getting out of it so so much longer later. And so just the the relief, the emotion, I think about him talking about weeping, like how hard he wept when this was over, to be able to let go of that yeah, and just see his brothers and, and then begin that process of fully healing, fully rejoicing, and understand why he's there. You know, it's just got to be an amazing feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I've I've heard it said before that forgiving someone is basically acknowledging that, that they don't have to pay the debt, you know, because if you, you know, if we say an eye for an eye or anything like that, I mean, even if, so if you're wrong, if you wrong me by taking my car, you know, you steal my car. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you owe me a car. You know, that was your wrong to me. You you owe me a car. Yeah. And so if I forgive you of that, it means I'm willing to pay the price for your sin. I'm willing to pay the price. And in that case, it would be I'm willing to pay the price for my car. I'm not making you pay me back for my car. Right? So that the act of forgiveness is paying someone else's or, or basically releasing them from a debt that's owed, which means you're paying the debt, you know? And I think in this instance, if we look at how much they, how much they hurt him, wronged him, all those kind of things, him letting them live, him bringing them, you know, um, helping them, paying the Egypt, all this, all of that, he's giving them life. Mm-hmm. By giving them food, he's giving them life, and he's he's literally kind of paying the debt because they had a debt of of life. Twenty two years of his life, you know, was was all wrapped up in the the debt that they really owed him. Uh, but he forgave them, and he you know he released it. And it it's almost like, like when we sin against somebody, obviously they were carrying a ton of debt a ton of guilt on their own. He was probably carrying a lot of stuff. But in his act of forgiveness, he was releasing them from their guilt and releasing himself, you know, from from carrying around animosity and, and hatred and all those kind of things toward them as well. And we don't see that he had hatred for toward them and, and, and anger, but, I mean, come on. Yeah, he kind of had to, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, it and, and I just kind of wonder 
like in our own lives, because we, we've tried to point this back to our own pits, you know, in those things. If the act of forgiving someone else for what they did to us, if that's the pit that we're in, if it, in a way, I mean, it, it would release them from the guilt they may be carrying. Now, now maybe they're just total jerks and they're not carrying any guilt. I don't yeah. know. Um but I hadn't really thought about that, 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 that he's releasing them from all that guilt, and that's his way out of the pit. Mm. You know, it's mm. kind, of a, kind of a cool cool little thing there. But You know, it makes me think of a story um, back from when it was doing prison ministry stuff. I won't say the guy's name because and I, sometimes I hate telling other people's stories because I don't want to mess them up. But there was a guy who I met that was in the prison that we were working in and I was sitting next to him at a church service and we just started casually chit-chatting and I asked him, I said, you don't seem like the kind of person that would normally be in prison. Like you don't, you don't look like everybody else. You don't feel like everybody else. I mean, he was more clean cut, more wasn't tattooed and stuff. Cause I mean, if we're just being honest. You, you, if you go into prisons, you see, there's you see certain types of people sometimes like Mm -hmm. that but anyways so and i was just like you kind of stick out to me you know are you willing to share with me your story and he told me that he was drunk driving and he hit a car and in that car was a grandmother and her three grandchildren and all four of them died in the car accident and of course he's in prison for it, and he knew that's where he should be, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he wasn't arguing, he wasn't denying guilt, anything like that. But he was serving his time, and he was dealing with it. And he said, "But, but look at this!" And he pulled out a letter that was in his Bible, um, and the letter was from the mom. So we're talking about the daughter of the grandma and the mom of the three kids, and it was a letter from her that she wrote to him, um, saying that she forgave him, like. Mm-hmm. And she just wanted him to find Jesus and know Jesus and have a good life, you know, after he served his time. You know, he yeah. needed to go through that. And she wanted him to not not let that be the thing that controlled the rest of his life, you know, yeah. and let that be Jesus. Man, I was reading the letter because he let me read it. I was crying. He was crying, you know. And um, he's, he's not in prison anymore. Like, he served his time and got out, and he's... Married again, he has uh, uh, two children. One, well, one was when he got married. She had a, a child that he's in the life of, and then they had a child together. And he's living that life. But could he have done that if it with that woman, that mother, that daughter would not have forgiven him? Like, yeah. if he couldn't have heard that from her. And to me, that's like a great example of this too of of her going through all that pain. Like, she's going to remember. It's not, that pain's never going to completely disappear. Yeah. But the fact that she was obeying God and offering that forgiveness, how much better both of their lives probably turned out compared to what they could have been. Yeah. Because she was willing to offer that forgiveness. Yeah. And point him towards Jesus. And, man, it's a beautiful story. And it's just, that's the power of it, you know. Yeah, because in offering forgiveness to him, she might not have freed him physically, right? But she freed him spiritually. Mm-hmm. You know, um, obviously that was that was through Christ and, and and that kind of thing. But like you say, without that, who knows? You know, if that's what God used to to save him, then yeah, her her act of forgiveness probably freed her. Mm-hmm. You know, from her guilt and all those kind of things. And Not what it, her, her guilt, but her anger and stuff. Yeah. And, and what does it multiply? Because then there was probably two lives that that didn't, that wouldn't have been productive for the kingdom of Christ, mm-hmm. potentially, because of the hurt. Mm-hmm. But now, because forgiveness was given, how much more productive? I mean, I still tell the story. It still moves me, you know. Yeah. And how much does that have has that done for the kingdom? Mm-hmm. Because she was willing to offer that forgiveness. And yeah. That's just amazing to me. You know, yeah. those little things. I say little thing. It's a huge thing. Yeah. Yeah. But 
Well, but it's it's, and we talked about this either the previous or one before. I think it was the previous episode. Was we don't know what what our actions, what things that we're going through, how we respond, all those kind of things. Even forgiving minor things, we don't know how that might play out and eventually change the course of many, many people. You know, mm-hmm. all of this comes back to Joseph and him um, following God, doing what was right, all those kind of things. And now we see that that probably millions of people are saved physically because of what he did. Yep. You know, um, if not millions, then at least thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands didn't starve to death right. because um, of, of what he did. And eventually we see, you know, so the, the rest of this story basically is he tells them, hey, go back, get dad, get everybody, get your children, get your wives, everybody. Y'all come to Egypt and I'll take care of you through mm-hmm. this famine. And so... We know, so if we know our Bible, it's God promised Abraham a son, who was Isaac, mm-hmm. right? Isaac had a son named Jacob. That was Joseph's dad. And God told Abraham, through you, I'll bless the entire world, and you'll have so many descendants, you know, it'll be like sands and sand on the seashore, those kind of things. Well, we see that here. Joseph was one of 12 brothers. Don't know how many sisters. Um and then they all come down to Egypt, and he puts them in the best part of the land. Now, obviously, it was a famine, but it was, you know, the, the Goshen Valley or whatever was, was still a better part. Uh, that act guaranteed, not guaranteed, but, you know, made possible all of the descendants to come, you know, which we see when we pick up in Exodus chapter 1, like 400 years has passed, and now it's different pharaohs, obviously. And all of the people, if you hear the term children of Israel in the Bible, and how they, you know, let my people go, all those kind of things with Moses, and they all left, well, that was the children of Israel because they were all descendants of a guy named Israel who his name had been Jacob. Mm -hmm. So we see Jacob, his 12 sons, they go to Egypt, they multiply, they have a lot of kids, a lot of kids, a lot of kids over 400 years, and now there's millions of them, and they all travel out of Egypt. All that happens because of this story right here. 12 sons become the 12 tribes. Yep. Yep. 12 tribes plus the Levitical line. Yeah. Joseph actually gets a double blessing because his two of his sons are two tribes. You ever thought about it? there's never there's not a tribe of Joseph. Yeah, there's not. That's why you get the sweet jacket, you get two tribes. Yeah, you get two tribes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot I forgot to mention one one thing. It's going to wait here toward the end just for fun and then I almost forgot it. Okay. So back to Judah. Oh, yeah. Judah. He comes in and says all this and and he's like, "Hey, I, you know, all this stuff happens he basically says, hey, I'll be a substitute for Benjamin. Is that fair? hmm Okay. I'll be a substitute. I will take what punishment, you know, even though Benjamin didn't really do anything, I will take his place of punishment on his behalf. Just send him back. Judah which you just mentioned, became the tribe of Judah. And somebody came out of that tribe. How many generations do you want me to skip? <laughs> A lot. Because <laughs> I could jump to David. Yeah. Yeah, which Keep boom, 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 mm-hmm. gets down to Jesus. Yep. Jesus is referred to the, uh, as, a, as a lion from the tribe of Judah. Judah. And it's interesting that here Judah, the beginner of that tribe of Judah, was willing to be a substitute, which is what Jesus was, mm-hmm. which is what Jesus is for us. You know, So even in this story we see, and I don't think that was by chance, 
you know. That's the consistency of God. Yeah, mm-hmm. we see that Judah was willing to be a substitute, was willing to take the punishment for someone else. Um, and, and ultimately is foreshadowing what Jesus does for us and did for us on the cross. And so that whole thing there I thought was really cool. Reuben was willing to sacrifice his kids, mm-hmm. <laughs> wasn't willing to sacrifice himself. Judah was willing to sacrifice himself just like Jesus was. And I just thought, think that's a, a very cool kind of cherry on top on this, this whole story of how we, we have mentioned that Joseph is a type of Jesus in many ways. Um, but but we see very clearly that Judah is a type of Jesus in uh, in this story. So how do we land this plane, Jonathan? Because we've landed the plane each episode, but now we've gone through the whole thing. Yeah. So from beginning to end, the challenge of landing this plane. What's that overarching? I think if it's just I think it's just what brought us here from the very beginning is the pit. You know, mm-hmm. we we all have pits. Uh, it doesn't matter who you are. Um, somehow, some way, you have been wronged, either by people or um, by just by the world. You know, in, in the the cursed uh, world that we live in, um, and, and we all tend to go back to our pit. You know, but I think the two things that will bring us out of that pit. Um, and, and offer a salvation kind of from that pit is one, seeing the why, seeing the why and what, what God has, um, mm-hmm. looking at really the, the positive things that can come from that pit and what God might be doing. E- even if we don't know right now, we can trust God for what he will do, what he can do. And so seeing the why of the pit and then ultimately forgiving whoever we feel has has put us in the pit. And, and, and honestly, guys, that in some ways, I mean, if, if that's death, sickness, those kind of things, um, we blame those things on God a lot of times. And mm-hmm. so we, as weird as it sounds, we may, we may find ourselves just going, hey, you know what, God? I, like, you've not done anything wrong, but like, I forgive you. That sounds weird, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. But, um, but you know, kind of, kind of even forgiving God, if that makes sense, um, for for walking us through when we can ultimately see it's why, or forgiving others, and, and that may mean picking up the phone and and calling someone and saying, you know what, um, you don't have to carry the guilt over this anymore, or just simply, hey, you hurt me. And, and I've got to forgive you to, to help me get out of the pit that I'm still in. So I think that's it, is just looking through uh, these things and going, you know what, I, God does have a plan, and I, and I can forgive others. There we go. It's been a good, good study. We had some little pauses yeah. in there. <laughs> Life happened, but we got through it, you know. And I think that's the cool thing. You know, we've always wanted to do this podcast, and we just wanted it to be uh, something that you know God God wants us to do, and you know sometimes it takes time to get through some things, but I also believe it gives time for people to work out things in themselves, you know. Um, and when we're put put through things and we're journeying through these things, we gotta take time to reflect and listen to what God wants us to do, you know. And uh, so maybe if you've been in this situation, you've been listening to these, and you have that on your heart that you need to forgive somebody, or there's been a hurt in your life that you're wanting to overcome or that pit you're trying to get out of you know hopefully you're gonna get there you know we you, yeah. you will get there you, you gotta be willing you gotta be willing to take the steps you gotta listen you know walk with walk with god through it and he'll get you out of that pit but um but be willing and take the time to slow down and listen and see what god wants to do and uh sometimes he doesn't get in a hurry like sometimes it ain't immediate fixes <laughs> and uh but but he's always faithful in making those come through so I've enjoyed this time of Joseph. Hey, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know what we're doing next. I don't know. <laughs> so God will show us that. Yeah. But if you would like us, you know, if you'd like to throw out anything, if God's been working on yeah. you and you're like, hey, this is something I'd like to hear about or talk about or hear discussed, 
Don't be afraid to share it with us. Yeah. Send us we a, won't be afraid to say no. Yeah. Yeah. But some, some things are kind of challenging. Some things are, you know, sometimes people ask questions that you just can't answer because you're not God. But, you know, um, we're open to discussing a lot yeah. of things and trying to figure some things out. Oh, yeah. That'd be fun. Yep. So uh, if you have anything you'd like to for us to talk about or maybe journey through, feel free to shoot us something on social media. Connect with us there, you know, at Land the Plane Today on Facebook or Instagram, and you can send us something on Twitter too at Land the Plane 247. Or you can just shoot us an email. That might be the easiest way to do it. Just at landtheplanetoday at gmail.com. You can send us something there and it'll pop in our email and we'll be glad to take a look at that and respond there, you know, or or uh, maybe use it for a future show topic. So Yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that. Love to hear from y'all and uh, hear what, also some testimonies, just to hear what God's doing. Be a great encouragement to just uh, to know that he's at work in your lives and um, making changes, you know. That's yeah. what it's all about. It's big picture kingdom stuff, so... It's kind of like Dirty Jobs. You ever seen Dirty Jobs? I love Micro. Dirty Jobs. I it's love a, that show. They have, they're redoing, like they've started a new season. Did you know Really? That? No, yep. I did not know. They've started a new season. And so that's coming. But anyway, at the end of all of his shows, he'd say, send us ideas. Like, if you got a dirty job, tell us. We want to come fit, you know. And so same thing here. You got something to walk through? What? <laughs> send it to us. You got some show ideas? We'll... Shoot, we might even have Jan as a guest. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> look out! <laughs> Come to the studio. That's right. Maybe, maybe. Anyways, that's the show. Enjoyed it, Jonathan. Great yeah. job. It's fun. Let's get out of here. Let's go. All right. I need we'll to get to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank y'all for listening. Bye, y'all.